And welcome to the Global Inquirer. I'm your host, Nick Mortensen. The Global Inquirer is an undergraduate research podcast that takes a look at case studies to see how global trends are affecting real lives. Today, I'm sitting down with Balthazar Marin, a third-year foreign affairs major, to discuss nuclear testing in the Marshall Islands and a story that has been glossed over through most popular accounts. Hey, Nick. It's uh, nice to be here again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so let's get right into it. Balthazar, can you tell me more about these nuclear tests? So the Marshall Islands are a string of islands and atolls in the Pacific. They total about 1,200 islands, and the total land area is equal to the size of Washington, D.C., Now, post-World War II, the United States had been granted kind of a protectorate status of these islands as they were used as a forward operating base during the course of the war. The official terms were that the Marshall Islands were a trust territory of the Pacific. Starting in 1946 and ranging until the late 60s, 70s, the United States conducted a series of 67 different nuclear tests in the region, which drove social divisions, cultural anxieties, and of course completely destroyed their environment. And the worst part of all is this has been a part of history that has been completely glossed over. These people have been greatly wronged by the United States, and it seems as if no one really cares. So I guess the question is, what actually happened? What are we glossing over? In 1946, an unnamed U.S. Navy Commodore approached the people of Bikini and told them that they could be like the Israelites and that by leaving their land and allowing the United States to test nuclear weapons on their land would usher in a new age of nuclear security and progress you know, the ideals that the United States were trying to establish. They voluntarily evacuated to the island of Roderick one month after this conversation. Five months after this conversation, the U.S. started testing their nuclear bombs, uh, and it was found that the island of Roderick just couldn't support their population. People started to starve, and they were moved to the island of Kawaja and eventually to the island of Kili, which is one-sixth of the total land from Bikini and has no access to real fresh water. The real problems began in 1954 when the U.S. dropped their largest bomb. It was 1,000 times the power of Hiroshima, and it was called Castle Bravo. Now, after this, the people made a formal complaint to the U.N., and the U.S. responded with a seemingly positive attitude. They said they were completely obliged to the people of the Marshall Islands, and they were going to push for self-sufficiency. Well, fast forward a little bit here. After the Marshall Islands gained their independence in 1986, the U.S. has done very little to right the wrongs of their past, opting for uh, low-cost cleanups and quick fixes that have really hurt the people in the long run. So what are these cleanups and quick fixes? You're taking one of the largest nuclear tests in American history. How do you clean up from that? The U.S. faced two possible options. They could do a complete renewal take out all the contaminated topsoil, all the remnants of the nuclear bomb, and really make this place livable again. Or they could just pepper the land with potassium and just forget about it, which is what they decided to do. The complete renewal project would have cost about a billion dollars, while the potassium was only a hundred million. So, I mean, it's clear why they chose the option, but the long-term effects for the people of the Marshall Island have been devastating. To get rid of the nuclear waste, they created a 33-foot deep and 350 feet wide crater where they just dumped a good deal of the contaminated soil and most of the nuclear waste and just poured concrete over it. Now today, with rising sea levels 
and poor infrastructure and poor design. The dome that they built is in danger of leaking nuclear material into the ocean and causing even more devastation. In tandem with this cleanup policy, the United States pledged $150 million in the form of a trust fund uh, to the people of the Marshall Islands who were adversely affected. Now, this might seem like a lot of money, but in 2001, an independent tribunal decided the cost that has been brought upon the people of the Marshall Islands is closer to about $2.3 billion. So really, $150 million is a, you know, a drop in the bucket here. And how's that $150 million been spent? Well, mostly in forms of monthly payouts. So people, depending on, you know, their the proximity of their relationship to the actual testing and the adverse medical effects, get between about $100 to $500 each month. As well as chiefs are given complete control over different resources, so there's a lot of food assistance that goes in, and they're given to them to dole out to the people. So this has supported a long-standing feudal system, which has really held the economy of the Marshall Islands back. As for the people who have gone into resettlement, it, as it would to anyone, it really shook up their lives. And most of the places where they have resettled, like the island of Ibei, is now considered the slum of the Pacific, where people earn about $2 an hour just because of the different social aspects and the cultural aspects that are being perpetuated by the United States. There is a great deal of animosity towards the people who get welfare. So uh, social anxiety has been created between those people who were affected and those weren't. People won't marry those refugees, basically, and because they're scared of the genetic defects that they might have. And there is a great deal of hatred and anxiety being harbored by the two distinct groups of Marshallese. So we've been talking a lot more about the broader social impacts, but what has been the individual consequences of USAID? So as of right now, the second biggest killer of the people directly affected by these nuclear bombs is cancer. And as we all might guess, a lot of these different types of cancers and thyroid problems are direct effects of the genetic mutations and uh, fallout from nuclear bombs. But the largest killer of people in the Marshall Islands is diabetes. People are pointing fingers towards the food assistance program by the United States. So most of this food that comes in is pre-processed, high in sugar, and has directly impacted the diets of the Marshallese, uh, creating an unhealthy population, which has just really succumbed to diabetes. So the U.S. moved in and used this land for nuclear testing. It was also used as a forward base in World War II. What has been the long-term impact of the American military presence in the Marshall Islands? Well, it's been a large strategic spot for the United States military. They still to this day have a number of missile testing sites, although thank God no longer nuclear testing missile, but it's uh, considered a very important strategic point, especially in relation to the rise of conflict in the South China Sea, as well as different nuclear programs throughout Asia. Uh, it can be seen as kind of a um, protectorate to the United States. As of right now, the United States spends $15 million leasing land from rich landowners who no longer live in the Marshall Islands. So in the few places where the United States actually is pouring in money, the positive effects are not being felt directly in the Marshall Islands. 
So we see pretty grave health, social, cultural, and economic consequences of these policies. But what is their long-term outlook? Is this a permanent commitment for the United States? And kind of where is this headed? The trust fund that has been paying out those directly affected individuals is going to run out in 2021. So not only is the money going to dry up, but a slew of benefits are also going to be uh, non-existent anymore. So chief among them are the number of Pell Grants that are awarded to high-achieving students of the Marshall Islands, which lets them come and study in U.S. universities and just get access to that higher education, hopefully you know, coming back to the Marshall Islands and spreading that positive uh, economic externalities, as well as the visa program, which currently allows residents from the Marshall Islands to work and live in the United States indefinitely. So all of these programs, which are doing, you know, not a lot, but they're doing something to right the wrongs of the past, are about to expire. And the outlook uh, in, from the view of the Marshallese is grim. One of the large complaints of the people of the Marshall Islands and you know, aid workers who live there and help the people get their benefits is that the U.S. is spending massive amounts of money on military expenditures as well as you know, modernizing their nuclear program. Over the next 30 years, the U.S. is slated to spend about $1 trillion in modernization techniques. Their reasoning is that before you go into different territories and start destabilizing economies and destroying cultures, you should probably look at your past injustices, see what you have done, and, you know, show that there is some level of accountability to the mistakes that are made by the U.S. military. That's all we have for this week. As always, if you want more of the Global Inquirer in your life, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on SoundCloud. 